tuning into the Negative Space Station podcast, where we take the sights and sounds in Cleveland and give it a voice. Today, we're talking with Zayla from Listen, Little Man. What was it? Maybe, maybe get a little closer on that mic. Yeah, I can like I wait. Do it again. Yeah, try hopping on that one. Yeah, that one's all right. So we'll we'll cut this quick little chunk here. That's much better. Yeah, I can hear you way clearer. I don't know what's going on with that. Whatever. It's a nice mic. Look at it. It is. It's, it's a, a very one. nice mic. It, it, it's got personality. It does. It's, it looks like it's got a little tear. Buy it a drink. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but damn. Talking with a legend. Straight right here. Who are you talking to? Thank you, me. my friend. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. What was it? You know how long it took me to figure out Zayla is Alex spelled backwards? You know, I have a really good friend um, <laughs> who uh, grew. I grew up. He was like the first person to ever get me stoned, you know? So, I mean, yeah. we go way back. And, um, you know, I, I was in a band to begin with, and, you know, he he's one of those guys that is not, he doesn't like when people, like, kind of mob mentality, I guess. And okay. When he's you're young solo, and you're teenagers and you're starting bands. and like, Yeah. So, like, you know, the band was, you know, I couldn't put all the music I wanted to write into it. So I started Zayla. And um, so we were hanging out, and I, he'd see my flyers, he's like, Zayla. How pretentious is that? I'm like, I, you know, I just can't get a, na- a gig as yeah. Alexander Alvarez because I was a little, long name. It was a little next to that. It was I was pretty notorious with my band for like, you know, being surrounded by druggies and uh, runaways okay. and stuff There's like that. So gotcha. we were, had these coffee shop shows and it would just be that, you know, derelicts <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so like, you know, I'd go in there. My Alexander Alvarez from his bank house thought that'd be like, oh, we heard about you. We can't have that. I'm like, oh, damn. Well, I have to make something up. Yeah. So I came up with Zayla, but That's it was cool. like six years later. Yeah, we're getting stoned in his room, and he and, and like he he put one of my stickers on, on his uh, crab, crab tank, ironically, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was turned around against the wall. Yeah, and so he saw the backwards of the sticker, and he's like, "No way!" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Zayla is Alex backwards." I'm like, "Dude, you're like the smartest dude I know," and you didn't even freaking recognize. <laughs> he's like, "I'm gonna take it all back. I just didn't even know." I was like. Damn, so, well, it took him a like that's because that's I met you as Zayla, so I thought that mm-hmm. was like your name. I was just like, who are we waving? Somebody's to? waving. What's up? Hello. He's coming. Hello? I guess the door's locked. It's not locked. Oh, maybe he's confused. He probably realized we're in, in podcast. Oh, okay. So that's probably why he bailed out. So dig, yeah. So that's dig. um, and then you know, becoming listen little man was sort of like an an event of the whole open mic career life, and okay, you know, like, so yeah, let's kind of hit on that. Yeah. So. Where, where in Ohio are you from? I'm like, from, uh, I grew up in Richmond Heights. Okay. So it's like really close to Cleveland Heights. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, and there's, you know, because I would practice with these bands with people who had parents that were tolerant of having bands play in their living room. As so, most bands start. It's, so it's like, you know, some people think I'm from Willoughby, some people think I'm West Chiaga, and some people think I'm like, That's you know, homeless. <laughs> so He's just an enigma. He appears at Mike Knight and goes to the next one. Right. And then he's hosting five. So yeah, you host a lot of. Well, mic now now it's just down play. to two. But like, and when I first started out gigging full time, I was doing yeah. five open mics a week, and then I do two nights with my band. So which two do you got now? I got three kicking or two open mics. I got yeah. um. So I'm at the B side liquor lounge on Sundays, um, starting at nine. Okay, um, and that's like a full band. That's a full band orientation. Cool we have a kit. Night. We have like an eighty-six key keyboard or sixty-six key keyboard. Um, guitars and bass, you know, and yeah. microphones and good sound system for everybody to enjoy it. Yep, yep. Himself. So yeah, it's a it's a rad mic name. Mm-hmm. And then on Tuesdays I'm at I'm at the root as I love, love seeing you there and yeah. Cajun. Um, yeah, I tried to I tried to get there. Oh yeah, man, you're gigging now, so I mean yeah. it, it it switches up. I mean, 
It's like once you once you start playing, you know, it's hard to like. You, yeah. you you never get to go to shows, and you, know, you gotta, yeah, you got to wait for festivals or something like that to see all your friends when play. When you're all on the same right, bill. right. Like, like I just saw you at a uh, hops mm-hmm. with that that crazy situation mm-hmm. that panned out. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, okay, so you got those two, mm-hmm. and you're in three bands. Yeah. Which is listen, little man. Which is yes, which we'll be playing with you guys on October nineteenth. Here at Negative Space. 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 Wow, he got the effects. <laughs> He's got it's, the effects. He's got the effects, man. I'm pushing buttons. It's going to be the greatest interview ever. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, and the other two are? Um, so then I, I'm in a group with uh, Dante Foley and Kaylee Hamilton. And we're under the moniker Bird Dog Cats. Okay, and you met them through Mike Knights, Open right? Mics as well. At the B-Spot? Um, uh, starting slowly at a social room. Dante would okay. come in on occasion and jam with me. He, he, was, he wasn't in bands at that point. Things started messing around with bands. And then uh, when we moved to B-Side, he started yeah, playing B-side, not B-side. Morning at the Black Star. <laughs> and Morning at the Black Star, and his, so his, his schedule got eaten up. So there was gotcha. a good period of time where he wasn't even able to jam with us as much as possible and then we met Kaylee at the B-side um, through her father he would bring her out to the bar she, okay. she really wasn't of age yet but you know she she liked to jam yeah and so that that, that worked really well um, now nice. now, now she's like you know out of, out of high school and like can in gig yeah can make the gigs but, uh, but she's, that's cool she's a great player opportunity oh she's I mean, a great player I mean nice. she like the first time she played with us was just like Dante and I were like, we need to start a band with this kid. But go. she was so young, and yeah. we were just like, nah, let's not pressure it. Because he was starting to gig, and I've already been in and out of the gig. With like, Morning and a Black Star? Yeah, and so like schedules were getting a little tougher on him, because um, they toured so much like yeah, last summer. Yeah, they tour? They still they, do. I think, I think they, they slowed. the country? Yeah, uh, not yet, but they've been to like New York, all of the uh, states, okay. Chicago. Okay. Um, nice. Probably even more. Yeah, I haven't. I need to check them out. Oh, great show! I saw yeah. them. I finally got to see a full set at Ingenuity last. Yeah. Because uh, Dante is in another group called Maz that he had me play bass for nice. before that. So like technically, I might be in four bands right now. Uh, it depends how much they play, right? <laughs> right. Well, it just depends. Yeah. Like I really like playing with them. They're really yeah. good songs. Um, and kind of like Portis Head meets. Like, oh, okay. Cool. Like like without the DJ stuff, but like gotcha. the same kind of feel. Like yeah. the space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like playing bass for that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So that's fun. Well, it gives you room to, to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Especially when to, it's like really chilled out, you know, and yeah. it's not techy. And I like techy stuff. And so the other group is a little bit more. It's like the most non-committal group I'm in, but it, it has really really strong music that comes out of it. And it's which like is the the Opus, which okay. is uh, uh, Matt Banner. We call him Cuddy, <laughs> uh, and he plays sousaphone. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, he's so that's our bass. And then um, Dan Fernandez, who's played in so many different artists, and he's actually a really good recording engineer himself. Um, he, right now, you will probably see him play m- more frequently, like Colin Morris. Okay. And then um, he, he, there's a couple other projects he's in, and he's in Opus as well. Okay. Um, but we never rehearse. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't played it. We haven't played a gig together. Like, well, we played together last week at Coda, but that was the first time oh, we played cool. together as a group. Who would you play with? Um, that night we were uh, tone, tone Deaf Mockingbird, which okay, is cool. a band that features the original bass player from Listen Little Man and Jeff from Listen Little Man. Oh, okay. Man. Damn. Yeah, so it's Coda's really good. a group. cool spot, man. That's I love cool Coda. Those, those two. The only those, thing that sucks about it is parking. Yeah. That situation, but that's a that whole yeah. street. Yeah. But that venue is super cool. I love it. I love that's getting in there. Those guys, I, and it's weird. It's like I have such a rapport with those two that like it's like as soon as we get there, like, oh, it's time to drink. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. <laughs> let's, let's Clocking this, in. Let's just get this going. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, was it Gary guys. behind the bar? Yeah, only. Oh, I like. I think Gary, Gary, like probably like makes sure he's there when we're when I have something going on. Okay. And I and I've missed out on Dan I think once, but the sound guy they had was cool. Was but it, I really like. Was it James? With guy with dreads. Uh mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, James works here too. James yeah. is awesome. I know uh, James is a sweetheart. Yeah. James does all too, man. He's mm-hmm. all over the spot. Well, he's, he got, he, he's like, he's one day when we're chilling. He's like, I see what you do. <laughs> he would say and then, that. And then, and then, and then, <laughs> and then, like next thing I know, I'm seeing him like playing all these bands and like posting yeah. all these everything. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I kind of understand what that conversation. You're like, is. Uh, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, don't. I, I, I music is a this. bad habit, kids. <laughs> don't pick up the habit. It's the gateway thing. Uh, you're gonna start off with ACDC, bye-bye, and you'll be you'll be doing Coltrane's all night. <laughs> you'll be talking like Tom Waits. You'll be talking like Tom Waits, but you'll get it. That'll be the thing. <laughs> but okay, so um, where did Cows in the Graveyard fall in? So you that was started. Me, that was like my first band. Well, not technically, it was only my second band, but it was like a band that started. Uh, you know, from. You know, the 90s still had that DIY culture that yeah. was slowly kind of being absorbed by the mainstream. And, yeah. you know, suddenly there's a thing called Hot Topic. <laughs> like with all Whoa. The, yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, there, there was this, Nirvana. There was this, yeah, right? And there was, <laughs> there was this, like, total window of, like, DIY parties and, yeah. like, I mean, rave kind of evolved next to that. And yeah. that was weird to watch happen. Um, but, it's like... Kinda, it's because it's kind of the same in a way. It's oh, it's totally. I mean, it's, it's, like... It's basically, you know, subculture. Sub, sub, yeah. And, and um, it was less tainted. So, like, when we first started out, like, like we kind of, like, were second-wave Cleveland teenage bands. There, there were okay. ones that preceded us, but, like, you know, like, the Grog opened up. Like, because you the could go Grog see spot. shows, but, like, the, the old Grog in the beginning, I think every, it was, there was still, like, I think at some point in my age, it was 21 up strictly. Damn. And then I think okay. some laws le- levied, and and uh, Kathy at, at the Grog at the time she was just uh, she was third of the company, yeah. and like more of a booking agent, okay. you know, running kinda the bar like kind of thing. And then she had two investors with her. She eventually bought them out and took yeah, over yeah. the business. But um, during that time, there. there was a guy awesome. named Matt um, uh, Mulrich who uh, you know uh, was a really good guy. He passed yeah. away uh, about a decade ago. Um, but he was the guy who like he was in a punk band and he saw us play somewhere and or no we sent him a demo we did the whole thing where you hit the demo yeah. and like by ten it was so okay. stupid like uh, but it got us the gig you know yeah. like well it worked yeah like that was it, it that yeah, was so, why you do that so it was like eighteen and we were, or no we were like seventeen when we first played the grog yeah. which is you know now it's like commonplace but back then that was like oh it's like the holy grail like yeah you know, next place to CBGB let's go you yeah. Know? So we, we were a little clan, more clandestine at the time, and we were pretty... Um, so we, yeah, we first 600 bucks we made at a coffee shop, because we would pack like 300 kids, because yeah. nobody could go to a bar and sneak yeah, in. Yeah, because you, know, you like, can only do... There's, okay. so, there's a certain echelon of women and men or kids that could like sneak in the bars, but the rest of us dirtbags, you know, were too obvious. Like, so, yeah. So it was like... Ramon shirt. Right. Yeah, so it was just like, we just like kind of have, have like these like... There was a spot called the Gallery Cafe on, on East 185th, that um, we kind of started doing our thing at, and then cool. Euro- the Cafe Europa in Willoughby. Okay. Just, like, I, I would play the open mics, i get friendly with the owners, maybe smoke pot with them, and then they'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, have some fun. And so then, like, next thing you know, like, it's just, like, kids are spending, like, you know, $2 at the door, and there's, like, 300 of them. That's and like awesome. and they're like, like mosh pits. I mean, it got it got so loud sometimes they couldn't even hear the music. I mean, because we had shitty equipment, so it's like yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was one time like we, there's speakers that 
one of our friends actually brought to the club. It was ridiculous. This is like the 90s when people brought half stacks to games, yeah. which I still think is retarded. But yeah, he, brought, a, he brought these huge subwoofers and like, so like people were climbing up on top of them and, and kind of like trying to do their stage dive. There was just like dives. enough people like catching, you know, like, <laughs> but it got so ridiculous that people were like kind of climbing on each other. And like, while I'm singing, I was like, my mouth is wide open, screaming some bullshit. And like, <laughs> this pile of kids just fall on top of me and the oh, microphone man. just gets like shoved into my face and I chip my tooth in the front. Oh. But I had like this uneven gait here. I remember yeah. that day it hurt. I was like, yeah, oh, I crazy. bet, man. Like, man, like they were getting up and like stopping all of my pedals, things are getting up. <laughs> I had this crappy app, so it's just like, it's like, yeah. what are you doing to me? Yeah. But, and so it's like that, that's how that scene evolved. And then, like, we got like, so that was Cows in the Graveyard. That was Cows in the Graveyard. Okay. And then we started playing kind of like, you know, like I, original drummer and bass player left, and I got an, another drummer and bass player, and those guys were really hardcore. They were like, you know, let's press packages, let's send yeah. shit to labels, let's do all this. So I was. I was in my heyday of psychedelics, so I was kind of like, hey, whatever, guys. You know? All right. I wasn't very... But sometimes it's good to have a team pushing with you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, well, I think they were kind of like, I was kind of like, I was kind of like the meal ticket, and they were the brains. You know uh, what I'm okay. saying? So, like, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, everybody's... Like, this guy has crazy shows. Well, because, like, next to that, they were much better players than I was. Oh, okay. And I think they were just kind of, like, sculpt this kid a little bit. So they did. I mean, they were, they were good about it, and we worked together for, like, six yeah. years or something, five years. Wow. Um, and then even after we broke up, the drummer and I made another album together, like maybe three years later, two years later. Okay. Was that a Zayla project? No, it was Zayla. Okay. Zayla started off with actually a really cool troupe I had, um, Will Spruduti on drums, who was from Cows and Graveyard. I, I remember getting a record of yours, a CD of yours, where it was oh Cows in the Graveyard. Yeah, I And it was very, very mellow. Yeah, oh, it you're talking about the acoustic one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a, like, that's me, like... So I had like some thousand cows in graveyard stickers left when I made oh. that album, and I was just like, ah, I'm just fucking make an album called Cows in Graveyard and make it all beautiful. Folded. I was so okay because yeah. you. So the original, the original one was like kind of like leaning towards wanting to be Rush, okay. but like with with smidges of like I don't know, like it was it, it, I, Cows in Graveyard was like a constant identity crisis, I think. Oh, okay. So. And what I thought was interesting is that Jeff's band um, at the time was um, Dick Goddard. So Jeff, oh, okay. came I've from, read that. I've seen flyers. With so, it. so Dick, so Dick Goddard was Jeff's band with um, his his buddy Brad Powell, Powell. and um, ah, geez, he he used to he used to own uh, the Professor's Pub in Kent. Okay. Okay. So like that sounds like a so yeah. Bar. So Jeff was living in Kent. Um, yeah. I think mainly because he. I don't even think he was doing school out there. I think he was just living out there and like kind of getting away from well, Kent had a pretty cool music scene. For a while. He, he really wasn't even playing music at the time. So like yeah, at the time, I was running an open mic at the Europe Gyro. And, yeah, um, that place has got bomb pizza. Mm-hmm. Straight yeah. greaser. Oh, but yeah, bomb greaser. pizza. Greaser is fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like he would come out to my open mics and like you know hang out and like we'd we'd go and puff over at Pad's or yeah. Brad's spot. Um, because he's like right above the, the bar, so like oh, okay. go have a drink and go the professor's jump. lounge. Yeah, professor's <laughs> pub. Yeah, so like yeah, the professor's lounge. So like we went, we we he we'd be hanging out. He'd have his guitar and talk about playing. He's like, you know, I think I want to try to play again. I'm like, you totally should. So he starts, you know, like while we're hanging out, he's just playing more and like okay. after a while, like you know, I just in a, in a stone haze. I was just like, you know, you should really like make a demo and just like get some cats to play this stuff because it's really cool. Yeah, and so he's like. I should you not. It was like the next week. He's like, I was thinking about what you were saying because this is like in week intervals, so it seemed like there every you go, Sunday. Being you this know? bad influence, and like, <laughs> he's, like he's like, so he's like, so guess what I did? I'm like, what? He's like, I made a demo. I'm like, really? Huh. So like, he gives me the demo, and at the time, they they were their name was uh, 
can't even remember. They had like five different names, but like they really it was so it was uh, Andrew Bonas on bass, who okay. was, who's the lead singer of uh, Tone Deaf Mockingbird. Oh um, yeah 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 okay. And his girlfriend on bass, but um so he was playing bass and uh, Patty from uh, Patty Hawkins from um, Speed Bumps. Oh yeah. Okay. He was okay. he was just he was friendly enough with Jeff. We all were gotcha. you know, getting along pretty cool. Like I, I you know Andrew and I met um, when he was playing with his dad at the Barking Spider, uh, and we were on the same bill I think for Gym Fest or something to okay. that effect that they would have annually. So then I was just amazed he was playing. And then we yeah. bumped into each other again at a speed bump gig when I was in the band The Uncanny, He's... and like he I, again we got along great and then so then when Jeff told me so I got this kid Andrew Bonas on bass I'm like oh speed bumps bass player he's like yeah I'm like oh my god let me hear this so I shoot you know he gave me a copy of this disc and like I I it never left my disc player for like a Damn. week yeah and it was just like this thing where like there weren't any vocals in on it or anything and the, the pieces were kind of like you know they, they had a they had a clear arrangement but you could tell he was still like leaving it open for for, for that guy for breathing uh, or whatever yeah after a while, it just felt like notes were like, like, like it was like I wanted to puke them out of my face because like they were just like the, like pent up or something. And it was like uh, that type of music that that he was suggesting. Yeah, I hadn't really performed anything like that since, you know, maybe, maybe some early Zayla gigs where like we were still kind of art punky and we'd play heavier shit. Um, I kind of fell into that. Bu- bar band realm where like you know yeah. you, you just gig all the time and like, yeah, you're not and really thinking about doing anything new you, if anything you want to do new thing, to, new stuff to old things yeah so but like yeah, Jeff, by the, so I, okay so at that time yeah. is that when you're doing like five mic nights I was I was like or, doing maybe like three and then I was gigging a lot with the uncanny and doing a lot of solo okay. stuff okay um, but we were I was having an interpersonal relation or we were having problems in the uncanny and um, it got pretty nasty near the end <laughs> um, around that time Jeff had already showed me the demo. I had asked to sit in, and he, he told, let me talk to the guys. And he, you know, within like the first rehearsal, we had like five songs penned because like those four that were ready yeah. to go. And I, I write pretty incessantly. Like, like I'm yeah, kind of like you nonstop, like with music and writing and mm. art. You're always like yeah. on it. I yeah. that's inspiring as fuck. Just trying to make time to make stuff on it. You're just like. Farting everything out—it yeah. just doesn't stop. You got it, that flow. It's it's intense, and I try to manage it as much as possible. And there's a lot of like starting things that you don't finish, and you like leave yeah. them in your room for like a year, like you know, in you know, on on the on the four track for like some time. And then when you have enough room from it, you hear the right the next right thing yeah. instead of like pushing yeah. it, you know. So like that's how that makes like sense. it's always been treated that way. Like so that's how Jeff and I immediately like we are we were kind of like grown at that point like he was really he was about to get married and like really do some man up stuff and like I was ridiculously alcoholic and but being <laughs> extremely responsible yeah <laughs> kind of and yeah. um yeah. and <laughs> what happened was that like we hit it off uh, yeah. almost immediately like within like two months we had a gig um we, we played our first gig together now that's class nice and Boy, where was Which that? Room? Which uh, room? We were we were in like the the, the bar room. Okay, you know? that stage. We're not cool enough to play the big room. Yeah, I've never played the big room. I played the big room twice when I was a um, a, a band that shouldn't have played there, but yeah. Um, Paul, <laughs> Paul gave us a chance for a little bit. There. That's cool. Um, Actually, I think I played in one band that played at the skate room. Mm-hmm. But Gabe's band. Oh, cool. Back in the day. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. 
But yeah, so that's how the Listen Little Man got his jump. Um, we, okay. Patty had got his girl pregnant, had some some issues. He was doing a lot yeah. of work with speed bumps, so he was like, I'm, I gotta choose. And like, so, we love you. So, so Patty plays bass and... Patty played uh, drums on the first record. Okay. And the bass player from the speed bumps... Is on the first record as well, Andrew okay. Bonas. And is he still the bass player? No, now... Um, so first Patty left because of that. Okay. And then after we, at, right after we finished the record... Drew is like, and this isn't like a slant. It was just sort of like, go figure, you know. Like, yeah. we, we finally really gel with this bass player. He writes really specifically, like, well. That like, we couldn't get somebody to replace him more immediately, you know. Like, so he's just like, hey, you know, because he at this point I think he's twenty two. Yeah, he's just like, you can see it in his eyes. He had wanderlust, and like I, yeah. you know, dated plenty of women who had wanderlust. I've been yeah. wanderlustful myself, and just like, and just sort of like, man, just go, just yeah. go, do, 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 do. Don't like. Hold back. Don't hold back, and like you know, if you're ever in Cleveland, we'd love to have you sit in. So that happened a couple of times. Um, then, so me and Jeff had a revolving door of drummers and bass players for maybe about three months. Okay. Um, Jeff was like so close to throwing in the towel. He's just yeah. like, "Fuck this!" And I'm like, "I like the songs. I think we should yeah. keep on trying." And then um, I was at the social room running my open mic, and Kevin, who I had not seen in a long time. Who I originally met through the the like Jenna Fournier camp at like at, at one of my open mics like when she would come out with like M- Matt Hector and her old boyfriend, and I believe Kevin okay. sat in with them and yeah. played. So um, you know we just we were just like uh, he lives in a different neighborhood like never really came across. And then uh, after he had had some ups and downs with I think like a living girlfriend and just kind of found himself free on the street, he showed up at at the social room and wanted to sit in with me, and so we were just jamming, and I'm like. You're like the perfect drummer for, for listen, little man. Like you, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, dude, I really want to do some shit. I'm like, I, nice. you got, I was like, you got to meet Jeff. I think you really like him because at that point, I already really had a high opinion of Jeff. He was a good. Friend. So listen, little man. At this point, had that first recording right, mm-hmm. the one that was all white with the different covers. Yeah. 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 Or not the different covers. It was just the white one with like the person with the face on a, yeah. on a handkerchief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was Elaine's artwork, which okay. I always... That's right, cool. I made a Shel Silverstein album cover, I call it. Like, <laughs> it, it, that <laughs> it is. No, he looks like oh, it. Oh, that totally <laughs> is. What is it? She's a great artist. And how many... Listen, Little Man's got how many records out? So now? now we have that one, which is pretty much out of print. Um, then we did... Um, I want to say... Oh, it's uh, Dark, Dark Ages of Art Rock. Okay. Which took a little bit. That was the first record we did with Dave Kennedy in you know, okay. production. And then um, we did a couple of live performances, and then we penned uh, the out. Or Jeff's, like, it's weird. He'll, like, he writes so incessantly, and then, like, we'll record Dark Ages of Art Rock, but then never rehearse it or play it again. Yeah. We're rehearsing and playing new stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're getting that so make like, go unless you're making well, well, it, it only, I think the only drawback is that some of my friends who really like the stuff that Jeff writes are like, yeah. can you play this song? And like yeah. Jeff's like, man, we haven't practiced it. I'm like, dude, you gotta... <laughs> We're doing this. We have to learn these songs. Yeah, remember learn them. a few of them. Like, learn one. But yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, so, he's so prolific at this point, yeah. I'm not stopping him. And is it like, so like, right after, during, because like Dark Ages took a couple of years because of scheduling. Yeah, and then so like there was like this one point where like we're just writing like a new album like yeah. like underproducing this other one, and so that was when Cryptid was coming together, yeah. and that okay. material really hit me upside the head. It was like the first time like I couldn't just write a verse, chorus, verse with these guys. Like it was being chopped up into like these different sort of, pieces, like, different yeah, rounds, cool and, and, and record, extended man. phrasings and like rhythm changes. So, I don't know, like, without really thinking too hard about it, like, I met the perfect storm in my writing to where, like, 
I, I, I call it hemming, hemming the way. Like, so, like, ah, just, like, go to the bar, awesome. and I just sit there with the sketchbook. And, yeah. like, the first time it happened, I was just, like, I was, like, really depressed, and, like, I had a lot of shit on my head. And so I just, you know, I didn't want to talk to any girls. It was, like, I didn't want to be at home. Yeah. So I just went to the bar, you know, and, like, because, like, basically, like, when you have a musician's life, you're, the only social circles you really will have are bartenders and drug dealers and prostitutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or churchgoers. All right, yeah, it depends on, the, <laughs> depends on the gig you're it's getting It's like the to. scheduling. Yeah. So it's just like when people yeah. are available to talk. Like, yeah. when I get out of a gig, the only person who I can talk to is, like, somebody who's closing up a bar at 2 in the morning, yeah. you know. Like, that's, so I, that's where I'd be going, you know, like, and I'd sit there and I'd just, like, you know, get a double JMO, tall boy, and it's, <laughs> like, slam on, go out, smoke a cigarette, come back in, and just, like, you know, a word will hit, and then there's this time where I'm just like doing all this writing, and like yeah. I'm getting blacked out, like stumbling home, waking up on the uh, and shit. Yeah. But then I'll like it's rehearsal, I got to go to rehearsal, so I like <laughs> get, you know, drink some yeah. coffee, get in the car. Like the guys, like all right, we got this song in five twenty-five. I'm like, that's not huh. a thing. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, making Yo, that check up. It up. And so like, they'll show me this piece, and it's like fucking. It's it's basically like. Three rounds of five that turn into twelve that turn into seven and then back. Like it's some crazy shit like that. So it's like the rhythms are insane. And yeah. The, but I just like the love the writing. So yeah. I, I'm starting to look at these random scribbles. But like, pe- like I, I'll know I'll know when it's stupid because those handwriting will go out of whack. <laughs> but like, like, but there are these like times writing. where like I don't even like remember bigger. writing some of this yeah. stuff. But it's like when they're when they're they're playing their tunes and I'm reading and I'm like, that's okay. This is a paragraph. And it matches your your total rhythm. Like I don't this 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 shouldn't this this isn't how this works. <laughs> so like I just started getting into this habit of like kind of like blackout writing. Yeah. Where it's just like you know you know I stew on poetry in my head all day. You know I yeah. love playing with words and I love documentaries and orations. I'm a big H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft fan. Yeah. You know so like you know when I'm painting or doing stuff like that I like you know listen to like audio books and shit. Oh that's cool. So what it's just like, what's like the most recent Oh, the HP Lovecraft. Okay, um, okay. And then there was like, I was a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Like, yeah. I listened to every radio performance, every BBC version. Yeah. Um, Hip to that new, uh, was, uh, the BBC TV one. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the newer with the Cumber, Cumberbash. Cumberbash. Yeah. Cumberbash. I think it's good. I mean, yeah, like, I, I'm, as a fan, I'll tell you one that's a really good BBC series about that. Um, it's called The Dark Origins of Sherlock Holmes yeah. The Adventures of Miss. Mr. Doyle and Dr. Bell. Oh, uh, okay, like the like a documentary. So about Dr. Bell is the guy that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle built, built. Sherlock Holmes on, but okay. Dr. Bell was an actual um, teacher, a, huh. med- a medical teacher, yeah. who was being sought by the the Scotland Yard to to research forensically crime scenes. So I'll that's that's that where sure. that's where uh, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle got that. That, so, that character from oh yeah but it's weird because like like between Watson and Sherlock it's like this flip of like what kind of drama actually happened between those guys yeah because like sure like uh Conan Sir Arthur Conan Doyle actually destroyed Dr. Bell's career huh because he was just a nosy kid who was yeah. like you know became his like sidekick and then suddenly like just like brought him down from all well yeah he like, just he did he made the wrong move and Dr. Bell lost uh the the favor of Scotland Yard and so then, as yeah. time goes on, Doctor Bell, you know, is just still still teaching begrudgingly, um, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle becomes a, a shitty doctor that can't, you know, can't. pay the bills. So he yeah. starts writing these stories, 
and that's how he becomes a famous guy. And gets uh, well, in the end, it works out for him. But 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 yeah, there's uh, there's interviews with Doctor Bell like in like the I think the 30s or something oh. like that when he's really old and he just yeah. like screw Sherlock Holmes kind of like yeah. <laughs> he's like, over it. It's almost like Freud when everybody's like, "Have you ever read the book Engineering of Consent?" He's like, "I hate America," you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so but, uh, like I do, I, I'll stew on on knowledge like that, and yeah. then I think when I just get a little bit more bolder when I'm drunk, and it's not always a good thing. Um, but but, <laughs> but recognizing that it's not always a good thing is a good thing. Yeah, the uh, writing. But the writing is like it's been fun. It's been really yeah. weird. Um, like I I'm a long time ago when I first started writing, I was like really into Beck. I was really into yeah. like surrealist poetry, even like like Lorca or like you know like just things that were nonsensical. You know, yeah. like and then like I just kind of like because I love music, I love a good story. And then yeah. after a while, I'm like, well. Writing songs about eggplants just isn't a thing. <laughs> so I want to like tell a story, and yeah. so like you know, I think that's kind of what my my intellectual binge has been about, just trying to articulate, like, you know, tell a story. Gotcha. Have, a, have a line, and even and even like one of the toughest things was learning how to write without using first person pronouns. Yeah, like it's a re- that's a real fun thing. Who told? Who gave? Yeah, did Austin get you hip to that? You know, it's actually. I, it turned into this documentary that oh, was, okay. that was a, talking about a tribe in South America that doesn't have a first-person pronoun in their well. language, and so like when you talk about a collective thought or a thought, it's yeah. usually tied into us and we. You huh. never say I, me, you. Yeah. You know, it's us, we. You know, like so. I when I heard that, I was like, it totally flipped my script because you know, like at that time, I'm like listening to a lot of Ani DeFranco and yeah. like a lot of like Shannon Hoon and like you know Blind Mountain and Blind Mountain. Oh, oh boy, there's a whole bunch of I, I, me, 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 my, yeah, yeah, you know, like my, yeah, for sure. And I just like I, just really had it, had it to like this degree where it's I'm. A, it's a struggle to do that to drop that for sure. And like, but I, you know, what? That's when you start. Talking like H.P. Lovecraft, you know, like, yeah. you know, like I was yeah. saying, like you kind of create these parts of your psyche out of individuals or details of an environment, you know, and so yeah. like, um, oh, that's cool. That's kind of the approach I've, I've gone with writing yeah. for sure. And then like that, like what's weird is it kind of even unlocks some musicality in me. That's yeah, I think has been pent up. Um, like, you know, being able to like understand, like I, I learned how to play <laughs> guitar like a caveman, you know, cause yeah. like. I came up when did you start doing that? When did uh, you start playing guitar? I when when the guitarist in my first band quit. <laughs> so it was just with a, 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 a our first band. My first band. Not, second band was a, a cows. Cows. The first band was the Rebel Rousers. The re- the them Rebel Rouser boys. Yeah, we we, we played rock rockabilly and and you yeah. two. <laughs> what did you do in that band? If you were I, I played bass and sang. Oh, okay, cool. And, um, so you've always been on the mic though. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, and, and particularly that band though, like I I always kind of like. I always had these alphas in my group, and yeah. I wasn't them. Like, yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of a beta, you know, like, or yeah. like, you know, just sort of like a sheepish wallflower to, to be more accurate. Like, um, but the first band, the guitarist in my group was like the popular kid. Oh, and we okay. had a really small school, but like, was this a high school band? Uh, uh was, middle okay. school, middle school, middle damn, school. yeah. Woo. We were like, like, so his brother went to college and was like all into REM and the B52s. Yeah. So okay. like, you know, here cool we are. Guy. Yeah, so cool like guy, we, I got so all the records, all the like, like and then vintage records too. So yeah, like you know, the like rare stuff, we're coming B-sides. over and like we're listening to like you know Eddie Cochran, uh, Dwayne Eddy, some straight uh, like yeah, classic rock, Gene Vincent, like yeah. like like straight up, and of course um, Elvis and like Chuck Berry, like and so like 
Dion. It was a really cool way for me to walk into rock and roll because I was raised in classical music. So yeah. I, really? Know, yeah. So like that's why like when I came to rock and roll, I was like, well, I don't want I don't want to read charts. I don't want to know yeah. shit like that. I just want to be rock and roll, I guess. Like and, and just like to play. Yeah, just to play. Like, yeah. and, and and just to play music and maybe make something new of it. So like it was fun to work in such a roots rock oriented group because it kind of helped me hold down the roots. You know, playing. Bass. Well, yeah, you start from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's double root, and, man. You're yeah. playing the root note a lot with the root and uh, learning bass. how to counter melody and counterpoint yeah. and everything. So, but the, the thing was, the popular guy in my group who is now actually like, um, his name is you've probably seen his band, the Jack Fords, he, uh, uh, Brent Kirby's band. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that guitarist in that band, he and I were in that group together as kids, right? So like, oh, shit. You, you seen him play, man? What's up, Jay? This is Jay. Hey, Jay. This is Zaya. Nice to meet you, Jay. Zayla. I don't know what I just said. Zay. Zayla. People say Zay all the time. But close the door, quick. We're mid podcast. Grab that mic, man. Just you know, hop on. Hop on. You're in this. Yeah. Hop on. Hop on. But anyway, so. He's in Brent Kirby's band? Yeah, so he's uh, Bobby Latina. Um, so, like, even when we were kids, oh, I mean, shit. like, he was, like, you Sorry. know, Van Halen all the way. He knew he could play 1984 top to bottom. And, like, so, like, it, like we were really straight cats. That's the one with Hot for Teacher on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Straight laughs> like, shit like that. Like, so, yeah. like, and he turned me on to some of my favorite bands, like, like the Paladins. Like, yeah. like I love them. They're, so, they're, like, one of the, like, not as popular kind so of So he was your bad influence days. in a way. Uh, we were, you know what's funny is, like, he was the only kid that my mom would let me hang out with because we went to the same Catholic church. <laughs> so it's like you're in this like, rock and roll like, band. Yeah, yeah. You and guys, like, you know, we saw our first porn together, that type of <laughs> shit. You know, what I'm saying like we're like, whoa, we're breaking all the rules. Smoked our first cigarette, drove our first car. You're like, damn. All in the name of like, oh, we like so like we were just playing. Like we did a lot of Zeppelin covers. Yeah, and we actually did a flat duo Jets cover. If you ever whoa. heard of those guys. They they they're kind of like that's, they they predate the whole like white stripes yeah black but, keys thing but damn, they kind of did that that's a callback that's yeah fucking... they're really they're, to us that was the coolest you could be it's like yeah. these two guys just like one with a snare <laughs> and, and some brushes and the other one on a guitar crude and like old fucking fifties kind of tunes. vibe tunes and they're fucking great we both showed up yeah <laughs> we're here right we're here we're here but yeah so like that was those are guys those guys were big influences on us and then like um. When he basically, there was a band called the Cowslingers in the, you know, mostly through the 80s, I think. Yeah. And so Cleveland had, like, next to its reggae scene, had a very booming, like, like alt-country rock, huh. you know, re- yeah. retro rock kind of scene. So they were, like, you know, people pop doors and, like, you know, yeah. like, trying their to be cigarettes a... in their sleeves and, like, you know, Teddy Boy. It was, like, a Teddy Boy uh, okay. thing, you know. Okay. Like, right. So um, he got swooped up because he was so yeah. good. You know, this guy named Greg Miller from Counselors, he was like, hey, Bobby, you want to join our band? Bobby, yeah. you know, like, he's, Bobby's like 15. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> he's like, Damn, what? Yeah. You get to tour Europe? What? Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to see so like, Stockholm. So basically, he was just like, guys, I'm out. We're like, okay, that's great. And so, huh. like, you know, me and the drummer still wanted to play. Is um, that where? That's where I. Cows? That's where I picked up the guitar. Okay. Away. All right. So and that's like, where the guitar comes I in. I did not fill those boots well. So, I don't know about like that, for, man. Well, in the first three years. Okay, imagine. well, yeah, maybe like, the first I, three I didn't years. even know how to tune my guitar. It's like, basically, <laughs> okay. I, like, knew three chords, and I knew that at one point, people like to hear a lot of distortion and some violence. So, like, uh, that's okay. what we did. <laughs> you know, like, it, and it was weird that sub, even the subterranean culture that we were kind of getting into. Yeah. There's a really interesting story next to that, but... Um, 
it was customary to just demolish your stage. It was like every band Classic. was like, Ooh. they were like a lot of hardcore influences, so these bands are like 30 second songs. And yeah, like, like, usually those guys were like not destroying their instruments because they were playing so fast, but there was definitely this contingent of people who was just like smash. Like, so that's what we got into. Come on and have a seat, bud. I know we gotta get you up. Man, we gotta have a we gotta have a Zayla part two, man. Oh hey, like, man, yeah. I, 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 I tell you about the subterranean culture. Yeah, of let's put that let's put that as a cliffhanger. The legend of Angel. <laughs> Speaking of hardcore, before we wrap up, we had Ian McKay play here. Oh yeah, how did yeah, that go? That was insane. That Dude. was before I was doing anything here. I just came here. Oh okay, so this was like not yeah. like recent. Yeah, that. this was like years ago. Okay. It happened in the annex, that one room with the window over there. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a couple rooms with windows. Was he Everyone solo? on the podcast is going to get that. Was he solo? No, it was him and his wife. They did uh, Evens. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is that like folky stuff? No. It's weird. He plays a baritone guitar. guitar. Yeah. it's. I guess it's more folky compared to like to what he, Threat right, in right, Bugazi, right. but not, not, not that folky. It was I cool. wanted to see, I think I tried to see that show. Where the drummer from Fugazi? Yeah. And, um, the bass player. No, it was the drummer, and it was at Now That's Class. Oh, that's right. I tried and to he, go see him at yeah. the Grog, and I thought it was at the Grog, and it was at Now oh, Okay, that, there's your problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, me and I Gabe were there. I Yeah, Loka. But anyways, thanks for talking. Thanks October for 19th. Yes. Listen, little man. Red Crew Wrecking Pandas. I said it backwards. Yes. Um, Katie Good. 19th? Oh, yeah. It's the 13th? No, 19th. It's the 19th. I said the 18th because that's the year. October 19th. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's our group that we're talking in. But all right. Cool, man. All right. Bye, guys.